How long have we been doing this? Uh, about six months. Uh, I think that it's going to pick up pretty soon. Um, I'm, I'm kind of liking the feel of this whole podcast thing. Like, uh, I've had an iPod for about a week. and mm, I don't think it's got much of a future. What the f*** is going on down there? It's 434, another symmetrical episode here on WTF and TFW. Uh, I'm Vangelis, your host for this week, and I'm joined by Aaron. You realize we're going to have those every 10. You shouldn't be surprised that this happens. It's weird. It's almost like two and a half months ago this happened. Uh-huh. But I don't know. That could be coincidence. I mean, like, unless you're going to start talking all this, like, I'm doing air quotes right now, science data at me. You know, this is probably all just a coincidence. Uh, we're also joined by TJ Omega. See, technically, it's uh, not symmetric because it's different both sides, both halves. Technically, this is a palindrome episode. Oh, oh look at this. Look at the graphic artist over here. He knows what, uh, what symmetry is. I was about to say something about 484 being symmetrical, but that doesn't even solve the problem because the no, number no, four... No, we don't, we don't get symmetrical until 808. Oh man, are you guys psyched for that then? That's less than 400 episodes away. How long is that? Let's divide 400 Forever. by... Another eight years. Yeah, eight years. About eight years we're going to hit that perfect symmetrical episode. I'm excited. Yeah, speaking for me. Uh, we're going to talk to you today about Transformers, I promise you. Because we're going to start off by talking about uh, convention, date, drop, TFCon, USA has announced their 2017 date. It is September 29th, October 1st, uh, but it's in Reston, Virginia, uh, which is apparently near Washington, D.C., and uh, so they are they are stepping away from Chicago again in the off year. I'm hoping that this means that every, I guess, odd-numbered year, it'll be Chicago, and every even-numbered year, it'll be, you know... Somewhere else, what with 2017 being an even number? <laughs> I just realized what I said. Uh, I'm a little bummed out. I like Chicago a lot. Um, but I, I can understand uh, a want to keep a convention fresh. I hope I can make it out there, because uh, I, I enjoy TFCon. Um, but I think that's all that we really know. Uh, it's, it's right by uh, the National Air and Space Museum, where they you filmed... You didn't even want to try that name? Nope. <laughs> by the National Air and Space Museum, home to thousands of aviation and space artifacts, including a Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird, uh, which is where they filmed the, the jet fire stuff. Literally jet fires on display there. That's what they did with his corpse. After... That is a wonderful museum. What's it called? That is the Stephen F. Udvarhazy Center. Ah, oh, look at you, fancy guy who can say names. Yeah, it... it I, I hit there on my way back from Connecticut when I did my tour out there, and it. If you're going to TFCon in Reston, and you don't go there, you're a bad person. All right, but now let's. You're air. a bad. Per- it, no, there's you're, now you're there's talking no to ifs me. at your. You're you're going to come up with some weird situation. What if I'm allergic to airplanes? That's not a real thing. You would have been in one to get there. It's well, number like one. You pay for parking, and it's free admission, and it, the best, most beautiful examples of aviation 
and space history, and you can walk in and around and under them. No. If when I'm there on Sunday and I talk to people and I say, hey, did you go check out the Stephen F. Udvar-Harzi Center? And you say, no, I didn't think about it. I will just full on slap you. Okay, so number one, uh, if I had traveled there by airplane, it would be on a new airplane. And obviously, if I'm allergic to airplanes, it would be I'd be allergic to old airplanes. So there's a clear and obvious quantifiable difference there. Uh, number two, when I say talking about me now, I when, when, when we're at TFCon in Chicago, downtown Chicago, I consider it to be too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this museum closer? Yes. All right. Like, you're, you're probably going to be flying into Dulles Airport and taking the uh, here. Let me go from here to like it's 12 minutes from Dulles Airport to the middle of Reston, Virginia. All right. But that's more than 10 minutes. Now I'm just riling you up. Now I'm just I'm being ridiculous. I'm yes. doing what we call blocking you. No, I mean yeah. If it's if it's if it's that close, then yes. Like it, it's probably worth unless you're getting there like on Saturday, leaving on Sunday. I could see someone in that position being in too much of a rush to even be able to enjoy seeing any sights. But maybe. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see that museum. I want to see where an iconic scenes from one of the highest grossing films of the two thousands uh, were were shot. That actually was before the 2010s. What do you know? <clears throat> um, DJ, do you have do you have interest in aviation museums? Um, I've been interested in museums in general. I, well, I haven't been to one lately. Oh well, don't don't feel bad. I live in I live less than like I could get to the Royal Ontario Museum by walking there, and I haven't been there for a good like three or four years. There's just not a whole lot of museum activity where I live. Everything's too new. There's no real history here. That's my problem. <laughs> a lot of great, a lot of great exhibits actually go through the ROM that I completely miss. Uh, I probably even missed an aviation exhibit or two because <laughs> I, I didn't know it was happening there. Uh, I I would love to see a blackbird though, because like man, you talked to I think Aaron, you were having a conversation with someone about a blackbird at TFCon this year. Yeah, and every time um, I hear anyone talk about a blackbird who cares about airplanes, they suddenly start sounding like they're talking about like a movie star or like a, 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 an out of body experience. So um, to uh, extend this fun, I recently came across a PDF of a book, uh, Sled Driver, which was written by an SR seventy one pilot, and it's currently up on the iPad as I was waiting for you to call. Um, no, the SR seventy one is just a feat of engineering Mach 3 and she liked flying there it wasn't like it was something that they had to force on the airplane um, just it was an airplane that was built for a specific reason and boy howdy did she do it it's not an airplane that's a built by committee or we need to have 83% common parts between this aircraft and this other aircraft for maintenance purposes. It was, this is what we need. Go for it. The one that is at the museum is the one that has the world speed record because there was somebody that was building a one-off airplane, not a fleet of airplanes, but a one-off airplane to try and... Um, push the limits of air-breathing aircraft and basically the military said nah 
spooled it up in L.A., landed in D.C. a couple of hours later and said, hey, this was over the continental U.S. You could time us the whole way. We know what that flight distance is and then like dropped the keys. So, yes, if there is a movie star of aircraft, she be it. And uh, and sometime next week, I'm going to have the machine robo Blackbird uh, toy that just came out. So Blackbirds and, are on my mind. And your life will be better for it. In GoBots, that, car- the, that toy was called Snoop and was a lady who was a renegade who pretended to be a guardian. True story. Uh, yeah, that aviation museum sounds bad ace. Uh, so do try to check it out if you're going. And then, and, and I hope that uh, that as many people can make it as want to make it. Uh, I'm going to try to. Um, what with my not traveling to BotCon for the last couple years, it is easier to think about trips like those. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I usually I'm, I'm not going to know until closer to the date. I'll probably still camp a hotel room reservation as soon as I can, because those tend to go. Um but we'll have more info on TFCon USA 2017 in 2017. Uh, in the meantime, we got a fresh webcomic drop uh, for Unite Warriors Baldigus. Uh, hey, do you guys want to know something that I, I am surprised by that I shouldn't be surprised by? What? What's that? The big argument in the thread about this comic book is there is a prolonged argument between people who are upset about calling this Baldigus, who want to call him Ruination, and vice versa. Uh, we the, They have found the thing to argue about in the thread, which is, I don't like calling him this set of names, I want to call him this set of names. When through all those names, for all the individual guys and all the combined forms, the only good one is Ruination. All the individual names suck. It doesn't matter what you call them. I don't... I don't know anyone who I could take seriously who is like, no, no, his name is Muvor. Get it right. My whole thought with this is this is aping the while it came out as robots in disguise in the US. This is a Japanese release for a toy. And in Japan, it was Baldigus. So it should be called Baldigus. But you know what? If you want to call him Ruination literally no one cares yeah. no one should care and yeah, and, yeah and, what you call it at home also isn't going to affect anybody and ever. you know if you tell me you got unite warriors ruination like this is like tokusatsu fan type of nonsense it's not like i'm going to stand there and go like you know stare you in the eye and go i don't know what you're talking about do you perhaps mean unite warriors baldigus you know like uh what was the whole thing back when gaim came out the the dj gun hmm and uh and there there were arguments about that. Oh god, I remember that now. No, it's called the DJG because that's what the the thing says cuz they romanize DJ. Ergo you don't romanize Jew. And it's like what if I just say what Jew means? Also, if I just call it the DJ gun, who on earth doesn't know what I'm talking about that is paying attention to the show? Like uh oh, what's uh the, the helicopter guy? When you're Japanese, he's called like Hepter. Uh, and I, I can't remember his ruination name anymore. Rotor. Rotor. Okay, let's have the throwdown. What's a better name, Hepter or Rotor? <laughs> or I prefer Helicopter, dude. But yeah. To be fair, you do have one argument that wins: is that Green Jeeper is a way worse name than Rollbar. 
That's well, the only one. Okay, if if his name was Green Jeeper, I'd agree, but his name is Gree Jeeper, which I think crosses a certain very thin line that makes it slightly cooler. <laughs> uh, also, there was a toy called Gree Jeeper released in the last year or two in Transformers Adventures, so, you know, someone's got the prestige, and I think his name is Gree Jeeper. <laughs> uh, See, I can understand this argument if it's like... The, like the current Power Master Prime, because everyone talking about getting like the Takara Power Master Prime is like, no, that's uh, that's actually Jinrai. It's a completely different character. Like, this is the same character. Yeah, it's the and, same guy. And also, half the people who ever talk about Jinrai call him Ginrai, and like, I don't even like to start that. <laughs> it's like, nah, I don't need to correct people on like, everything. That argument I could see. Because yeah. you're trying, you're tr- you're trying to turn. Because it's not just like which name are you using. It's like it's a completely different character. That's fine. This is okay. Ruination, Baldigus, whatever. It's the same guy. Also, if I if I'm going to stand on a soapbox over any of this, I'm going to be the one who's sitting there going like, well, you know, under some forms of romanization, he would be called Valdigus because I think the letter V is cooler than the letter B. Which that's what always falls into my brain. Yeah, and just because in my head it sounds cooler, so like that's it, that's usually the first thing I say. I think it sounds cooler, although like I know the reason why most people should be saying Baldigus is because it's like Buruticus or Barudigus, like that's the that's the kind of play on the name that they did for him, uh, as far as the 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 katakana. But all that I only really wanted to touch briefly on the the lengthy argument in the thread, which has now become a lengthy part of the podcast. So I guess it's our fate. To fall into this trap but we also got his comic book and i was just scrolling through the thread uh actually sanchi maru just sent jala guy a translation of the comic so i was about to ask if anyone had translated the comic and it seems someone has um so i haven't read the translation yet and, and my internet has suddenly turned to crap the skype call is holding steady just but it's taking 500 years to load any of these images um, I have a feeling that the cable that my hardline internet uh, is using to get to this laptop might be pinned under the door. So I think I just need to go and shift it around a little bit. But uh, did either of you guys get a chance to look at the comic? I did uh, just I kind did. of pan through it. Okay, because this comic is loaded with stuff. Like a lo- There's a lot of stuff in this comic. Uh... There's a lot of stuff in this comic, and this translation is kind of going with some of the notes I'd read. Like, this comic goes into the origins of the protoforms who became the Decepticon Combat Squad, or the Combatrons, whatever you want to call them. The the, the Baldigus guys. Uh, <laughs> Ruination team. Yeah, the, the, the whatever, you, the Ruination team, the Commandos. So they were... Okay, so... And this, all is, this is also a Sakamoto comic... And it's playing with the whole thing of, like, guess what? We're going to play like all this actually works together. So, in ancient times, Brave Maximus was put into onto the Earth by Vector Sigma, who in this comic is a, a floating golden Rodimus Prime, like that Vector Sigma toy idea from, I think it was E-Hobby? I can't remember. That was Primus. Or Primus. Yeah, Primus. He was supposed to look like Primus. Well, now, now he's Vector Sigma. Now he's Vector Sigma. Uh, in this comic. So uh, they say, these men were dispatched to Earth a few thousand years ago to correctly activate uh, Brave Maximus. So that's the backstory of those protoforms they found. They were a bunch of dudes sent back in time 
to turn on Brave Maximus. Um, but now, you know, because they got messed with by uh, by Gigatron, uh, they're now this Combaticon-looking team. So they are now back in their original era, which appears to be the future world of Cybertron with G2 symbols everywhere, which then explains why they had that G2 symbol. Uh, they're about to be dumped... This is actually kind of horrifying. Um because their evil spirit cannot be undone they're going to be reformatted as autobots they're going to be reverted to their original protoform state and that appears to be in the form of they're going to dump them into a pool of acid which i think seems they'll like they'll become autobot bolts and wrenches and the little door stoppy thing that goes this just seems kind of rough it's like hey, hey, look it's an alien culture it's just their way of reformatting okay they didn't even choose to become deceptive like it was out of their hands and now it's like hey listen living sentient beings we're going to erase you <laughs> let's turn you back into into like gooey metal <laughs> anyway uh unicron's head appears to, to them and goes like hey you want some help i'll give you new power um and then uh, Doll Railer, which I think is a better name than Mega Octane. I'm going to throw that one down. Uh, he mentions that uh, Black Convoy has escaped earlier and hadn't come to help them. And he's not sure if he should take this deal. Apparently Unicron offers him a cup of coffee milk. And uh, Doll Railer's like, let's do it! Um, so Unicron brings them to his timeline where uh, Megatronia and Grand Galvatron and... Uh, Convoy Grand Prime are all having a combiner fight. Uh, this is all like in continuity with all those last couple of comic books uh, that were coming out. Um, so Unicron's whole plan is he's going to grow a giant combiner peg out of his neck stump and combine with Cybertron. Uh, people don't seem super cool with this on, on various sides of the board. Uh, other weird revelations come out as well. Like, it is revealed out of nowhere that the Galvatron who possessed Cyclonus to become Grand Galvatron is in fact Galvatron 2 from the Marvel Comics continuity. And this is the bridging point for the long-missing part of his weird continuity where Japan uh, fiction had kind of subsumed him as a separate character into their events, but never really explained how he got there. This apparently is how he got there. Uh, also, the, what I understand is the hint is supposed to be that uh, guess what? Grand Scourge is actually Black Convoy from Car Robots, or Scourge from Robots in Disguise! Because uh, he shows up at the end, uh, after Unicron is all like, hey, guess what? I'm erasing the future timeline that Ruination comes from, and all the Ruination guys are starting to disappear. And then they're all like, I, I love Black Convoy, no! And he wills they will themselves to not disappear due to the machinations of time travel. Uh... So the, this ends on a cliffhanger as well, should mention. It ends on another cliffhanger, which to me says maybe they're going to do one more Unite Warriors set. And given the way the comic went, I think maybe the door is very slightly ajar that maybe they will do just a set of limbs for Grand Scourge, which would make me super happy. But I'm not going to, like, expect it. I just think that the chance is slightly higher now. Anyway, I love what they're doing with these comics. They're going all nuts and crazy with them and having fun and playing around in that extremely strange uh, area of the G1 timeline in Japanese continuity that takes place before, you know, like Master Force and Victory. Um, it's fun. 
I like what they're doing. I don't know. I, how do you guys feel about this comic? Like, this comic, I think, of all the Unite Warriors comics, this is the one that's getting a little bit alternative in how many how many strings it's yanking on all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, this is definitely deep into the the odd Japanese fun side of things of, like, hey, we've got this little tiny bit of thread here, and this is already kind of weird, so I don't know. Let's Let's make it weirder? Sure. I think of it as like the really fun way to play around in in very limited little spaces mm-hmm. where it's it seems like it's doing it in a way that's more about fun than being about clever. And then guess what? When you do it about fun, the clever stuff just kind of happens. And uh, it's not it's not like really back padding or anything. You know, it doesn't seem very, very pleased with itself. It just wants to have fun, which uh, which makes me happy because I, I prefer that approach uh, in most things. Um DJ, how how do you feel about this? What with uh, with me deciding to just pretend like you're a massive car robots fan? No, uh, I'm quickly becoming a fan of these comics. Okay, they hit that perfect point of lunacy for me that I greatly enjoy. The visuals alone, like I don't even need, like the translation is where it gets fun, but the visuals alone, you know, just like. Unicron head with the giant combiner port. Or the shots before where he's building up the energon, it just looks like a Pez dispenser. You know, just odd randomness. I love like the one frame in the final page where it's just Baldigus flying up and punching Unicron in the nose. I like how much Baldigus gets to be cool in this comic as well. Like, you know, it is the comic for him, but like the that whole little faction, the, the you know, Baldigus guys and, and Black Convoy, like, in either the dub or the original language, they had a really cool bit in that show, and then they all got mind-wiped to some degree. Or, you know, at least, like, mentally suppressed to be all obedient and stuff. And I always felt like that was kind of a, you know, bit, bit of, bit of a, a potential lost uh, by the time the show was done. So, I, I, I like that they're, they're getting their moment again this many years later. Um, I also linked, I didn't know if it was relevant, but there's also a packaging image, uh, if, if people are into looking at packaging images. Unite Warriors does have excellent box art throughout, like, yes. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be ditching my Unite Warriors boxes, but I'm gonna be knifing the flaps off so I can keep the box art, because, like, damn, is it good box art. I just can't keep that many boxes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the set, like, this seems like... It's probably going to be one of the best package deals as far as Combiner Wars and Unite Warriors goes. You're going to get, like, the good hands and feet. You're going to get uh, the Bruticus toys, uh, who are generally really good toys. Um, they're they're getting some of the uh, the Unite Warriors Devastator weapons as well, so you can, like, have all their guns combined in crazy ways. And the thing I noticed that I, I kind of like is that, and also it matches the animation model, but they've sort of very quietly gone like, hey, you know... On that blast off we made, he looks kind of better if you don't try to use that folded up bunch of shuttle as a chest. He kind of looks better if you just use the strafe chest as the chest. And I, I appreciate that. Because he does look better if you just use the strafe chest. And that is, I think, all that we've got about uh, Baldaguanation for now. It's new picture pick time. So, uh, Aaron, what would you like to talk about for new picture picks? Um... Not a whole lot uh, that really called to me other than kind of in the opposite direction. We, um, What was it? We have uh, pictures of the Optimus Prime Voyager class figure. 
that's like the premier premium edition. Do we have more than one picture? And no, it's the one that's like okay. up from a, a wall. And like this is a, a promo image. It's got like a Hasbro copyright on it. And man, I may not be buying many movie toys. I mean, and I don't know how I feel about that. The, if they're going to show a movie toy, right? Mm-hmm. The Voyager of a movie Optimus Prime is like one of the bottom barrel scrapings you can show for a new movie toy line. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, you think like a leader because that's going to be the impressive thing. Well, this is this is the Dark of the Moon effect, right? Is like they already had a leader toy of this design last year. Mm-hmm. So like the way to keep it fresh is we're going to do a Voyager version this year. And, you know, it looks okay given how much like the leader toy had to do so much work to even have that robot mode. It seems like they've slim lined something. But yes, I'm like the, the test shots of this were leaking out as well. And like I just it was like some of the most unexciting new toy reveal news you could possibly have asked me to try to talk about. Because uh, I like I don't think it looks bad. It's just like I'm surprised there's so much discussion about it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, and I'm trying not to have, like, the, the blinders on of, like, I don't get why people talk about things. But, like, there's just, that that shot, like, that promo shot is, like, not very communicative of what the toy even really looks like, other than, like, the, the only thing I'm really getting from it is they managed to pull off, like, a vaguely decent silhouette. Like, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not losing, uh, or, like, losing's not the right word, but they don't have, like, a massive amount of the truck mode hanging off the back, and... For right. this for this Optimus design, the fact that you can see pieces of truck on his arms and legs in the Voyager toy is already impressive enough because, like, you know, this Optimus design is not very friendly to having a toy right. made of it. Many, many of them have just been, like, explode, turn inside out. Yeah. There was even a, there was a reply in the thread, which, which got to my Twitter feed, of someone, you know, uh, well-meaning, innocent person in the thread said, like, I don't get why they don't just make the entire torso hollow and have the truck just fold up more to go inside the torso. That would save the money even by having the torso be hollow. And I was like, that's adorable. Uh, that said, it certainly wouldn't make it cheaper, but I would love to see a, like a high a high price take on this design where it's like, no, the whole goal of the transformation is the truck will just smash to hinged pieces and then cram inside of the robot man that's inside the truck so that it will literally turn inside out. Because that's basically the transformation for this design, uh, in the at least in the last film. Um, like I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at it more zoomed up now. Like you know there are thigh swivels. That's good. I don't think he's missing any major points of articulation. I don't think. Waist, but that's hit or miss. There, yeah, there might be a waist there, but I can't really tell. Yeah. Like there, I think... there is there is space for it, but with that backpack chunk, who knows? Yeah. To, to me, the exciting part of this toy is how it transforms. Like, that's the exciting part of any movie toy for me now. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, what did they do this time? Because if there's one thing that uh, the Takarotomi and Hasbro guys have been doing with movie toys, it's figuring out new ways to have them do the same thing from year to year. And th- there was a grand visual refresh with Age of Extinction. So this could be like, it's not going to be literally this, but, you know, this could be our Revenge of the Fallen to Age of Extinction's movie 07, where... This is going to be their second go at some of these designs. And, you know, clearly the design has changed ever so slightly from Movie 4, but is generally the Movie 4 silhouette. So this thing could transform in cool ways. Like, I'd like to see how that works. I'd like to see the Takarotomi version of it if they're going to add more paint, etc., etc. 
DJ, do you have any thoughts on, on our shot of this Voyager Prime? Chromie? Yeah, I'm kind of bummed out by that. I'm hoping that that's just, like, the way they lit the shot and that it's silver paint, because I, I don't... collectors love chrome. Yeah, the collectors do love chrome. They would love it so much that people were figuring out ways to chemically remove it from jet fire. They love the chrome so much. <laughs> so much. I still need to do that. I'm... Yeah, me too. <laughs> Are are you guys going to though, or has probably, it now hit the point where I kind of am? Like it really does detract from how much I like that toy. But like, it's like, I, I don't even like. I love old Skyfire. It's one of my favorite, like early Transformers from the cartoon. I don't like. I like the Chrome detracts from it so much that I just like take it off and it's just in a bin somewhere. But like as time goes on, would, like to me, the longer I go not removing the Chrome, the closer I come to like. Well, that's the one with the Chrome on it. <laughs> and like down the line it's going to be I'm going to see the the Japanese release that had I think less chrome if I remember correctly and it's going to be like well I could just buy that one and I have a feeling that's how it's going to go for me <laughs> uh yeah there hmm, that shield looks like it's got chrome on it too yeah probably a yeah. just a big whack of ugo silver chrome on that chest I'm just waiting to see how it transforms. Like you, that's the interesting part to me, especially because we have a very, you know, a very inefficient robot design for hiding away all of those bits. You know, just looking at him right now, you can tell where a lot folds up in the legs now. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually happy to see that the legs are taking more of a part in this because they they were the legs were one of the highlights of the of the AOE leader toy because uh, they had uh, the spring-loaded flaps and the cool rotating bits. So I'm glad that it looks like more truck is getting in there, because, like, this guy's backpack is nicer looking than the leader toys. He doesn't have the big rails hanging yeah. down the sides. Well, I I always equated that toy to, like, the first leader Optimus Prime we got for the movies, because, well, we just had to figure out how to get this to work in whatever way we could, so he ends up, like, really boxy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So i really hoping that that same type of... Uh, engineering evolution happened along the same lines where this is actually feels like a transformer and not some guy bundled up in a uh, truck shaped box and like it's probably not going to happen in the main line or it might be like a feature toy. I, I would like to see a revenge of the fallen leader optimus thing happen with this optimus design you know like we don't have the same money now to make toys that complicated uh, on on every level of the, of the line, but it'd be cool if they had like, here's super premium leader Optimus where we went as crazy on him as we did back in 09 with the first major movie Optimus design. Like, like one where they actually go out of their way to have as much of that stuff actually turn into the body. Like, I think that would be really cool to see as an experiment. I, I'd be prepared to pay like a hundred bucks for that figure, uh, as just a, a cool piece of puzzle engineering. I doubt it'll happen, but like, I would not be opposed to that at all. Um, I really like the current movie Optimus design. I, I like it. Uh, I, I like it for for how much it's like a paladin. I like how much it suits my personal canon. Uh, I like I like what they did with the with the. I almost said the smokestacks. I guess more like just the curvy pipe things, looking all angelic and weird. Um, hopefully they'll actually give us like a proper reveal on the thing. Uh, what with them already taking photos of it, like this came about because. Uh, I, I want to say a Chinese uh, television program went to Rhode Island and filmed the toy a little bit. Uh, that's the thing I saw floating around on social media. But it's it, 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 it led to like maybe three screen caps that I found kind of unhelpful. Um, anyway, moving on from there. TJ, what is your new picture pick? It is kind of a thin week. There's not a whole lot going on. 
Um, I, I will do something rare and go third party. All right. Uh, Unique Toys showed off their second set of palm figures, which is a tiny hardhead and a tiny skull cruncher. I thought you were going to pull a real twist on me here and like, I'm going to go third party. License third party and just go to the 3A Starscream pictures. Oh, no, no, no. I, no. It's, uh, a stat- it's a statue. Screw it. That Okay. <laughs> I gotta say something about the way that we tend to cover those toys on this site. They're not statues, and I and my understanding is they keep like at least briefly getting listed as statues. Uh, but the three A movie stuff are well. I'm gonna talk about it later, but it it got joints. Uh, but the Palm Collection stuff, I have the Palm Collection Tom and Jerry set coming from eBay. Um, so I've not messed with them myself. I've met I messed around briefly with somebody's uh, little Chrome Dome at TFCon because they were like. Yo, check this out. It's really cool. And I was like, hey, that's really cool. But uh, yeah, TJ, do you have any interest in these? Like, you know, the, I mean, Legends are a thing that's been happening in the unofficial market for a good couple years. Um, but these are very unique in their own way. Like, they, they're they very animation looking to me. Like, not, not right on model, but like they got such bright colors and big bouncy shapes. Yeah, it's bright colors. It's very wide smooth areas on the toy it definitely does have that kind of a cartoonish vibe to it you're right about that for me i don't do third party often anymore but that stuff that interests me is stuff that i would want in uh smaller size or more hand more easily managed size like someone just released a uh like like a a seven inch tall scorponok oh yeah that was uh that's actually that's iron factory's uh legend scale stuff it's just the some of these like iron factory in particular has now hit the point where they're doing legend scale stuff but they're doing characters the size of scorpion on a legend scale where they end up being deluxe sized toys <laughs> right but still like that's the kind of thing that interests me because like i love that design i love the old school scorpion i've never been able to get it in like a manageable size like that so that appeals mm-hmm. the same way i kind of like the novelty of like either these palm collections or like war in the pocket figures yeah. Where these same way I liked uh, World's Smallest figures so much, where you take that you take that character and shrink it down. When you talk one of my favorite toys from childhood in Skull Cruncher, and you make you tell me that you can have this one on your desk that's like only a few inches tall, and like I'm in. I, yeah. I, I kind of need that. Yeah, and uh, and like the the transformation schemes on uh, on Tom and Jerry from everything I, I briefly looked at seemed like they were pretty cleverly engineered as well. And like looking at these two when these photos came up, I was like, that is a really darn good looking skull cruncher in ways that larger skull crunchers have had trouble accomplishing. Um, so I, I'm 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 kind of looking forward to that guy coming out too. Uh, also, I'll just tell you, you you want some toys that feel good, like I'll I'll tell you about Iron Factory all day. Um, Lord Scorpion, uh, I messed with, like, the test shot for, like, half a second at TFCon. Felt great. In-hand reports, now that it's out, sounds like it feels great. But what I got this week, gonna talk a little bit about some Iron Factory stuff. Like, that's... If you just want, like, pocket-scale toys that, like, feel super good, a majority of Iron Factory stuff is that. Um, in a nutshell. Uh, Warren Pocket is sleeker looking, but often a little bit less impressive in a tactile sense. Uh, and, and like I said, the unique toys, palm collection stuff, it's it's kind of like a cousin to Warren Pocket, but I'm not sure if they feel any different. Um, I was hoping I'd have Tom and Jerry for this recording, but I don't yet because of the mail system. Um, 
But yeah, TJ, you should uh, you should you should get in on some of this legend scale stuff. It's real it's real fun. Um, yeah, kind of thinking about it. And it's kinda. it's 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 sort of fun. Also, it's like one of the things where you know in 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 a world where this statement has changed in its meaning in the last five years, I think that legend scale um, high end unofficial stuff still falls under the umbrella of like this is something that you will probably not get on an official level uh oh no that being like legend scale stuff where they are then upping the budget to make them as poseable as like a higher end or, oh yeah well yeah that that i would find impossible yeah like i, I would like I'm, I'm you know what i'll also be happy to eat the crow because i love if this stuff was another you know uh, a mass produced level of price point cheaper but like mm-hmm. i i would i would be super surprised if hasbro uh went for small scale high budget stuff like this like this just doesn't seem to have any kind of mass market appeal because uh, you know the first thing a lot of fans say when they look at unofficial pocket scale stuff is like wait the figure is how much and it's how tall and it's like discussion over for a lot of people um, which is great because there's more for me oh man it's so easy to get Iron Factory stuff I love it uh, my own new picture picks can also be in the same vein uh, also because like I can't find anything else to talk about <laughs> so I'm just going to throw it out there that uh, yo the Unrustable Bastards Kickstarter uh, has hit a successful funding level uh, as of this recording uh, unless something goes horribly wrong it should still be the same when you're actually hearing this but uh, they are funded um, they've uh, switched up their campaign a little bit as they were hitting their final week they lowered one of the, the, the first stretch goal and they added uh, retailer options for retailers who want to uh, back and then have like an exclusive head sculpt for their retail outlet. Uh, so this thing is, seems like it's all going to be moving on into actual production once the Kickstarter campaign is done. It's the first transforming toy yes. to be successfully backed? Uh, yes, I believe that was confirmed because I can't think of one that successfully did it. I know that like many moons ago, which could be anywhere from a year ago <laughs> or later, uh, someone wanted to crowdfund uh, an unofficial uh, IP infringing piece. I can't remember which one it was, but I, I I believe they very wisely backed away from doing that because I think that is something where someone could make a call to Kickstarter and have the campaign shut down. Um, also, uh, if you if you get in on the the Kickstarter versions of this stuff, it'll actually say "Unrustable Bastards." Um, they are changing their their branding to just the Unrustables. Uh, apparently, on the back of a whole lot of retailers, going like, "Listen, I'm I'm cool to carry your stuff, but could you please get Bastard out of the name?" Uh, which the moment that they said it in the the backer notice, I was like, you know, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, and see. just replied, "No, you a hole." I mean, no, wait, what? <laughs> And it's like, you know, Unrustable is the keyword for their whole campaign. It's the way that I was able to find their campaign easily when I went searching for it, uh, when I went live. So it's like, I can I can see just leaning into that name and making things work better for uh, for the sales end of stuff. So hopefully they don't hit any snags. Hopefully this uh, thing can move smoothly into production, I think, for the, I think it was the middle of next year is when they're aiming to have them out, if I remember correctly. July 2017. Yep, that's what it Liter- says. Literally the, the middle. Literally the middle. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and yeah, it, it, this is for sure the first transforming figure Kickstarter to be backed. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to probably start pestering uh, Mayhem Mechanics for information about precisely what they were doing before they got the Kickstarter going. Um, 
And I, hopefully, you know, it, it's going to communicate something that there was a painted complete resin prototype before the Kickstarter actually started. Um, I think I think that probably helped them out a whole ton. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, grats. And if you don't want to get on the Kickstarter, um, according to the interview that I ran with uh, Sid Beckett, which if you haven't listened to it and you have any interest in this stuff, you probably should listen to it. Uh, it's on our podcast feed as uh, Unrustable Bass Talk Supplemental 49, I think. Um, these things, uh, when they're done, they will also go out to regular retailers at a price of 120 bucks for a bike and a rider. So check out that interview if you have any more uh, questions about this stuff. Or just ask Sid. He seems to be replying to a whole lot of people right now. But uh, yeah, that's our new picture pick section. So let's do a listener question from Power3921, who says, Hey, Vangelis and the Crystal Podcasters. That, so just aside, that took me a little while, because I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, oh, wait, there was that dumb attempt by trolls to get into a boy's toy line back in the day with Crystal Protectors. And that's the only thing I could possibly think he's talking about. And he says, hey, Vangelis and the Crystal Pod. Do either of you remember that? No. No. R- really? Okay. Do you remember Troll Dolls? Yes. That, no, you're thinking Stone Protectors. Really? Stone Protectors? It's Stone Protectors. It, yeah, it was basically trolls that look like, like He-Man figures. Oh. All right, then I have no idea what the Crystal Podcasters thing is. <laughs> Damn. I felt so happy. Because <laughs> they had crystals <laughs> still, right? <laughs> yeah, little gemstones in the center of their chests. Yeah, okay. Because I was about to be amazed that two people who are this close to nostalgia internet would not know what Stone Protectors was. Um, what do you think the Crystal Podcasters is supposed to mean? I have no idea. Okay. No well, clue. You guys are shining like gems, is, is the way I'll take it. Writing in for my second time, the question says, Got a fun question I've been thinking about lately. Of the quote-unquote main four Transformers characters, Prime, Megatron, Bumblebee, Starscream, what toy do you think has been the best head sculpt for each of them? I'm in love with the first edition Voyager Optimus head and the uh, T-30 Deluxe Starscream's head. Uh, I'm guessing that's the Combiner Wars leader toy? Uh, Anyway, any ideas? You guys rock. Thanks. I think... Because if it's Thrilling 30, that's got to be the Jetfire remold with the crown, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good head. Uh, and first edition Voyager Optimus, that's some good head. Um, I don't know. Aaron, like, uh, what are some heads that have really stuck out to you? Um, I mean, the Masterpiece Bumblebee. Very pretty... on point. And the yeah. optional faces to be whatever face you want it to be. Yeah, the faceplate face i think is really the highlight of all that mm-hmm. the kind of mouth open face is a little yeah a little weird look there's always that one photo of an event that catches you mid-syllable yeah uh, i was because i mean you know we're in a climate now where people want to find photos of people of note and go like look how haggard they look after all this mess and uh, i saw one of those on twitter and i was like yo i could do that to any of you if you give me 30 seconds of you talking normally I can make you look like a scumbag. Mm-hmm. I can make you look like you're just flipping out. I can make you look like you don't care. Yeah. I can make you if look I like you count just... how many times I've just randomly paused a video I've been editing and just saw myself looking horrifying. That's why I don't do that with myself anymore. Uh, I, I pause when I know my mouth is closed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, masterpiece Bumblebee's face got a good faceplate head. Um, 
I I really want to quickly go unofficial for just a sec. DX9 did a masterpiece style Megatron, who also has and like this is not DX9 normal, but DX9 Mitron has a frigging fantastic 80s cartoon Megatron head and particularly face. Like mm-hmm. they f- really nailed the face sculpt on that piece in a way that like kind of carries the whole toy for a lot of people. Um, that one's friggin' solid. Uh, TJ, what are, like, any any head sculpts that come to mind for you? Um, across those four, there are a few. There's part of me that really likes the classic Bumblebee head because it feels like now that that toy is like full deluxe size and comes up to Prime's like waist rather than his knee. It's like adolescent. It's it's like puberty Bumblebee who's trying to grow out his beard. Yeah, he only yeah. manages that soul patch. His voice is starting to crack. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why are my sheets wet?" You're leaking. Go see Ratchet. Ew. Uh, no, I always, I always liked that head. Cause it, it had a feel of like kind of growing up to it, like mm. some of the others. Uh, animated Megatron. Oh, friggin' yes! That so is- I, I loved adding in some of those Super Megatron elements that you never saw in a toy. Yeah, I, I, I really like. Um additions to the megatron bucket helmet like uh you know again in the masterpiece alike market there's a lot of discussion about people messing with the the clean smoothness of the helmet but i'm like i kind of like it when you add you know a couple of those notches in or if you you know plug in the super megatron uh diddly boppers on the sides yeah it's, it's uh it's a it's a blank canvas yeah I, I, I don't mind someone taking some creative liberty with it I'm a, I'm actually for Optimus Prime. I wanted to say the um the faceplate version of the Beast Hunters Voyager toy, uh like the one that came on the black repaint. Like that is a good friggin' angry armored Optimus Prime head. Like that thing looks mean. I really like it. Um, I can't actually think of a Bumblebee head sculpt I've really adored because uh, I've, I've actually, to be honest, I felt like the non faceplated masterpiece Bumblebee face sculpts were the weakest part of the figure. Uh, cause they, the problem is that he, his face is already weird to try to mimic in any way, shape or form. So I don't have a solution for this. Uh, the way that, uh, the folks at Takarotomi attempted it ended up looking a little bit rounder than I wanted it to. I kind of wanted that, uh, cause there, there are sort of geometric angles around his face that I, I really like in the animation. And the way that Takarotomi delivered on it was to take a different approach that leaned into other elements, which is completely valid, too. It just wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, so I actually don't I don't have a good example of a bumblebee myself. Um, unless I go to, like, other bumblebees, because, you know, I, I kind of like Prime Bumblebee's head. <laughs> that thing looks cool. Uh, Doesn't specify which bumblebee. Yeah, I guess so, because, like... With Starscream as well, like, I, there's never been a G1 Starscream head sculpt that I've ever felt, like, amazed by. They've always felt sort of, you know, adequate at best to me. Yeah. Um, even even that Combiner Wars Voyager, or Voyager, uh, Leader Toy, like, did, didn't really nail it for me. Um, I really like uh, First Edition uh, Prime Starscream because, like, well, that whole First Edition Prime Starscream figure... Like, uh, I think that is one of the greatest Prime figures. Like, it just nailed everything about that character design uh, right out of the gate. It's super impressive to me. Um, 
But yeah, like like the you know masterpiece Starscream does not have a very nice head sculpt. It was okay back in 07, and it's gotten progressively less okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Any, any other head sculpts that stand out to you guys? Not terribly. And there's part of me that always likes Cybertron Optimus for being able to get away with the face, the uh, the maskless face look. Oh, that yeah, that is a. I mean, that figure looks good with or without the faceplate up, which is like not really something you can say about every Optimus has had that option. No. Uh, like that was such a look that was commanded. Like we see it a lot now, thanks to the movie design. Yeah. Like we see we see Optimus with a mouth all the time now, but but, at, but movie Optimus with the mouth never looks good. <laughs> no, it never does. <laughs> especially it, especially on toys when like nothing is moving, then it looks actually worse. But it trickled down, like now like Prime and now the current R.I.D. Prime have just the mouth and we'll put up the faceplate when it's time for a fight. Yeah. You know, but I always appreciated like Cybertron being able to get both to look right with the same head sculpt and actually being able to like take that mouth and make it go. Oh, that's it. it you know, take me away from like the Optimus Primal element of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cybertron Prime is just in general, like, such a friggin' good piece of robot uh, design. I, I was hesitant to mention him because I know I'm just going to just gush. Yeah. It's, no, I mean, I, I will I will, I will, will always back up the idea that, like, Galaxy Convoy was one of the high points of uh, of Optimus design work. Like, that is, that is someone who I would love to see an unofficial take on just to make, like, a $150 version of that character design. Like, some of the gimmickry maybe toned down and just more joints added everywhere. Make them look even mm -hmm. more like the CG model. Um, use some friggin', like, magnets to attach the guns under his arms. I don't know. That'd be fun. Um, anyway, I hope that answered your question. Again, this is this is one of them questions where I would also say, yo, listeners, like, let us know in the thread for those main four, like, what are some head sculpts that have stood out to you? Like, obviously, I'm not saying it has to be G1, because, like, a good 25% of the answers were probably Prime-oriented. Um, but yeah, let us know. In the meantime, while you're typing that up, we're going to talk about what we got this week. So, uh, Aaron, did you get any Transformers stuff this week? Nope. Uh, still no, no Wave 3 in, in your future yet? No. Not yet. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard some distressing news from uh, from XV about uh, the the Rodimus figure uh, today. He got his Rodimus today, and he was tweeting that the it's one of the best Rodimus toys ever made, but the Headmaster fit is even worse than on Scourge. Ooh, Ugh. like he turned the toy upside down and he shook it enough that the head just fell off. So that's not good. Hope. Like, yo, hopefully running changes happen as they clearly did with Wave 1 by the time it got to Canada. But, like, that sucks to hear. Because, <laughs> in general, like, the Titan Master gimmick, I think, has not quite been as solid for, like, just the basic fit as the Combiner Wars peg was. And I find that a little disappointing because I feel like the Titan Masters should be an easier thing to implement than the Combiner Wars peg. Yeah, so I, I'm really surprised that there is it's just even like a, it's a s smaller block. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, 
Like, even in Wave 3, we're getting at least one report of, like, just a fit that is that bad. I'm like, how? How? Like, like by Wave 2 in Combiner Wars, it was a done deal. It was just assumed that those guys work. And they did, for the most part. Uh, I don't know. Uh, TJ, any Transformers in your previous week? Uh, not this week. I think I had one that I forgot to talk about. All right. I made sh- I made sure it's like oh uh, podcast coming up let's ship my HLJ box and just make sure it gets here on time. I was hoping that what you're gonna say is yeah I got wave three and my Rodimus is perfect and I was gonna have hope again. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I forgot to talk about whatever was in that box because it was well, most of it. I think did I talk about Legends Blur? Oh, yeah, that was great. My now thought too. Now I can't remember. You know what? Let's just talk about Legends Blur. Um, <laughs> let's just- why not? Because, <laughs> hey, I like Legends Blur a lot. I'm okay to talk about him. Yeah, this is the one time I broke my rule of I don't buy something just for an upgrade. I don't buy it just because the paint is nicer. That Hasbro Blur just needs it so bad. Yeah, well, you know, and I I like Hasbro Blur as a toy that I got for about 12 Canadian dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, there is... I dare say there is no argument that Legends Blur is a categorical improvement in every way, especially when he's supposed to be Blur. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the paint is so spot on. Like, it is perfect. Like, it's as perfect as a Blur as I've ever wanted. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's, it's just like the shades are right as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the Hasbro one has that weird thing where it looks like someone put a kind of green filter over him. Yeah, it was, yeah, something about that face being off-color. Yeah, it's the whole figure looks like he's tinted somewhat. Like, it feels like a Photoshop filter went on. Yeah. The thing that never uh, that I never understood is when you see the Legends Blur and you realize that it's been molded in multiple plastic colors, you look back at the Hasbro one, it's been molded the same way, but the colors are so close you can't tell. Yeah, like, it mm-hmm. confuses me so much. I wonder if some kind of, you know, Pantone miscommunication happened, like what I heard about with single-pack scattershot in Combiner Wars, where it's like, you know, this should have been red and brown, but it just looks like a bunch of red. And, like, if you, re- if you really look at them, they're different, but, like, that's having to do a whole lot of work to to confirm they're different. Right. But, no, the Legends one's amazing. And like, uh, how's the um, the little pop-up antenna on his head for you? Uh, it's a little bit firmer. Yeah, same, I had the same thing. It was, yeah. I didn't have to do anything to it to keep it staying up. Yeah, like all around, it's a firmer toy. Like yeah. the, the joints on my Hasbro one were okay. You know, nothing I could really complain about. This is just the perfect, like, the, the perfect tightness for all the ball joints and hinges that I want. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, like it was many years ago where the Japanese version is not only better painted, but now I'm finding they tend to be slightly better built too. Uh, like Japanese legends scourge, uh, his Titan master, I can just plug in and it stays there and it mm-hmm. doesn't rattle around like that. That was an eye opener to me. Cause I was like, well, this probably won't. Oh, look, it's a million times better. Huh? <laughs> You know, and I will, uh, I will confirm there is something about a painted Titan Master that's just really nice to have. Right? Oh my God! Like, 
it's, like, it's that difference between, oh, this is a gimmick and, oh, this is a little figure. Yeah. Like, it's dangerous, man, because, like, it is making me, you know, wanting to try to import a whole lot of the Legends line this year. What's dangerous for me is I've been trying to I've been trying to trim my pre-orders where I can. Yeah. It's that little painted headmaster has made me go. The convo bat repaint is not getting chopped yet. Like yeah, um, like that's a really expensive deluxe. But God, do I want it more now? Well, even the friggin' you know uh, accessory vehicle pack-in deluxes and legends for the you know the the cast of the headmasters, like. The extra paint on the Headmasters is just so good. And, like, I look at, you know, American Chrome Dome, who's a fine toy. It looks great. His Titan Masters little robot mode is awful. Because, like, he's just a little solid red plastic man. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I want to get the one where they put a paint on him. And they did it at a factory, so the paint doesn't just come off. Like, if I painted him, what's a clear coat? Uh, Yeah, that, that Legends Blur is, is a good piece of toy. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, is, is anything else or that was that your one? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm still, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for wave three. Yeah, I uh, I've I've been catching a couple. Re- I haven't watched any reviews of wave three. I've just caught you know bits and pieces. Well, actually, I saw someone do a review of the Rodimus. Um, to, now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, I've I've been hearing that 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 wave three ain't bad. Uh, I've been seeing at least two people say that they feel trigger happy might be the toy of the line now. Which is uh, is good to hear. Um, I'm just not in a rush because, like, <laughs> like man, I'm spoiled. I I bought, I got every deluxe from Wave One and Two for a whole lot less than what most other people paid for them in America. Uh, now I don't want to pay retail for any of them anymore. <laughs> um, I did get something on topic and uh, and licensed. It is licensed third party. I'll send you some tweet links with photos I took. Uh, there's also a gallery that went up on TFW, which were uh, not my photos. Those were taken by a uh, site owner, uh, Tony Bacala. Um, 3A have got uh, production finished on the last of their Dark of the Moon large-scale action figures. So this is uh, Dark of the Moon Starscream. Um, and this is the last Dark of the Moon movie toy they're doing. Uh, they are confirmed to be doing movie toys for Age of Extinction and The Last Night. So they're going to be moving on to that. Um, if you wanted anyone else from the original trilogy, it seems like that's out of the picture for now, which is a bit of a shame because what they were doing for for all the the expense it cost, uh, the two that I messed with, Starscream and Optimus, they were well-built figures. And I wouldn't have minded at least the existence of well-built large action figures of some of those other characters, but whatever. Um, Starscream turned out pretty darn good. Uh, there are some ways that he is better than their Optimus, because their Optimus, for as much as that was a neat, solid action figure, his ankles were just gigantic ball socket joints, which made him teeter a little bit in a way where I was wondering what he would be like in, like, three or four years. Uh, Starscream, instead of having ball socket ankles, has a series of dedicated hinges and swivels. Uh, almost all of them include clicking, so uh, he's less likely to fall over. Uh, and he, considering that he has bird talon feet... And that he includes, like, two clear plastic blocks you can jam in underneath all his toes to get, just give him, like, flat standing surfaces in the bottoms of his feet. Without those stand pieces in, he still stands really darn solidly. Um, and it's fascinating to mess around with a high-end movie star scream that doesn't transform. Because it, it, like, means I can start to finally understand the design of that robot a little bit more. 
Because when a Starscream doesn't have to transform, like every transforming Starscream has kind of suffered because it has to change from that into a jet. And like, that's a tall order. Like we all know mm-hmm. movie Starscream now. He's an upside down triangle with bird legs. Like that's hard to turn into a jet. So when you don't have to do that, it's there are bits of him. I still to this, like until I got this figure, I didn't know about like, I, or I'd forgotten about like that. He has three fingers and two thumbs. Uh, and on, on, like, it was kind of fun because they're fully articulated on this this toy. It was fun to try to figure out how Starscream forms a fist with three fingers and two thumbs. Um, the the only thing I felt like is missing from this figure is he has a waist joint that swivels from left to right, and given that his upper body is a giant triangle, I was kind of hoping there would be a hidden joint that you could like pull up on the chest and reveal some kind of click forward back like ab crunch. Um, there isn't, and it's not the end of the world that there isn't, because uh, also his, his cockpit window would have had to have a joint, I think, to pull that off. But otherwise, he, like he's he's a he's a darn poseable figure. Uh, he's got uh, battery slots in his head and his spine, so he can have his eyes light up red, or he can have his two uh, jet booster things light up blue. Um, he's got a replacement forearm that you can attach. That like you remember in the movie how his arm turned into a giant missile rack that yeah. one time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, here's the thing I learned from this toy. Because I, I, first thing I did is I, I compared the two forearms, and I was like, ah, maybe I can finally figure out how that transformation's supposed to work. No, of course I can't. Like, it doesn't help that it's... I thought maybe if it's two pieces that represent stage A and stage B, I could logic something out. But no, it still makes no sense. Um, the weaponized version with the two huge fins sticking out and the missile rack plugged on the front, his thumbs are still in robot mode position. And so, number one, I didn't know that. That's apparently, I'm assuming that's from the character model. So what 3A did is they just, they, it still has thumbs and they are still articulated. So the weapon arm still has two articulated thumbs stuck on the very back of the giant protrusion of blades and missiles. Uh, hmm. It's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there's not too much else I can really say. It, it's based on Dark of the Moon, Starscream, so he has all those dumb tattoos that he got in that comic book that stopped mattering after the second movie came out. Um, would have been neat to see what this figure would have looked like without the tattoos, but that is not what the license allowed for. And, uh, oh, there's one other interesting thing uh, on a toy build level. See, you see how he has a bajillion thin blade-like pieces sticking out of his body, right? Yep. Um... So the the way they built the figure to survive being played with is not all of them. There are still like scratch points at his shoulders and his elbows, but a lot of those thin bits, if they're near a joint, they're actually done in P, like rubbery PVC that is then painted over. So like those, you know, these, like, how do I put this? Those things that look like exposed ribs on the sides of his stomach, like those blady things sticking up in an angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all rubbery plastic. Some of the pistons in his knees are rubbery. Like it's, there are parts on him where it's like, oh god, if I move this, this piece is going to snap off, and then the piece just bends because it's rubbery plastic. And so it's, it's some clever use of different materials in there to make the toy playable. And that's the key thing that I like about this figure is he's like 16 inches tall and like 13 inches wide, uh, and I don't feel afraid to mess around with him like a giant action figure, um, which is all I want from high end action figures that cost 400 bucks. Uh, also, like, going back to that statue thing, so, like, messing with two of these things, I'm like, hey, I kinda get the appeal of a very expensive, gigantic version of a movie Transformers robot mode. 
so I start to feel like maybe I understand the people who buy Prime 1 Studio statues. But then it's like, wait, this figure's 400 bucks and it's poseable and it feels like a toy that's fun to mess around with. The statues are not poseable and they're heavier and they cost two to three times as much as this figure and they do less. So I still don't understand statue people. Uh, so I, I almost understood something, but not a chance. Uh, there is one other thing that I got, which is, uh, totally unlicensed, but, uh, TJ, since you brought up Iron Factory, this is something I got this week. Uh, oh, so it's my fault now. Yes. Oh. Thanks for, for getting me to buy illegal toys, you criminal. That's what I do. Um, but I, uh, I, I saw a good deal on eBay for, uh, the Asura Knights, which were Iron Factory's, see, every third-party company eventually has that toy they keep delaying, right? Uh, mm -hmm. These five Dinobots, which are based on the War Within uh, versions of the Dinobots, these were Iron Factory's long-delayed bug on their shoulder for like a year. Uh, then they finally came out in a gigantic box of all five, which I kind of—I think Aaron, you were there when I said I really like the uh, TFCon. I really like the gumption of like here's just a yeah. giant picture frame box with five Dinobots in it. Um, I love these figures. Uh, They're—they are all heavy, thick chunks of robot that then turn into thick chunks of alien tank vehicle stuff um they're also unabashedly iron factory down to their core so they are just like squat stumpy giant thick things they transform a whole lot and the end result is a cybertronian vehicle that you might not even care about in the first place but i like them a lot um between the five they all have really weird individual idiosyncrasies where it feels like two and a half of these guys were going to come out as individual releases before the decision was made to roll them into a box set. So, like, Grimlock and Sludge feel like completely finished standalone figures to certain degrees. Uh, Slag does as well, but then Slag is really weird because he also has, like, three pieces of integral uh, vehicle mode uh, imagery that parts form because they're also accessories and it's like so he just feels like a very weird toy for Iron Factory in general and then Grimlock and uh, and uh, Sludge like Sludge comes with a bajillion accessories uh, Grimlock feels like he was the first one they made so it feels like you know he has his gun and his sword feels like he was meant to come out by himself and then Swoop and uh, Snarl they're good I like them uh, but something about them feels like they were designed after the decision was made to have them all bundled together. So it kind of feels like they're they're almost like missing something that makes the two of them stand out. But uh, I, I really like them. They all feel great. Um, they all turn into those really weird War Within Dinobots uh, vehicle modes. Snarl turns into basically a stick on three wheels with Stegosaurus plates running down the center. And then... Um, I'm not sure if it was because they weren't part of the original design, but you know how Snarl's got those Stegosaurus wings sort of sticking off his back? Mm -hmm. uh, those pieces are meant to parts form onto his legs, you know, onto the back of the vehicle mode. But I found if you just leave them in place and fold them over, then his vehicle mode looks like a giant stag beetle because uh, it's got these, like, pincher things on the front made out of his wings. And, like, I'm not following the instructions when I do that, so, of course, the instruction police are knocking at my door going, like, Hey! We heard that you're not playing with your toys right. But, uh, yeah, I really like that set. Like, it's, you gotta already like Iron Factory, and I know some people really, you know, do, but I know some people just can't get past how chunky their stuff is. But if you like Iron Factory, like, the Osiranites are, like, super friggin' cool. Um, 
so TJ, now that you're all getting in on this legend scale stuff, you should uh, just just get right in on those guys. <laughs> yeah, now I'm totally getting into this as uh, as I go. I'm kind of thinking about this one. Yeah, order the set of five so he has five guys to fight. Then you'll be all set. <laughs> uh, oh, there, there's also something I should say. The instructions for these guys don't suck. Uh, they just don't feel finished. And so there's weird stuff where I think, like, uh, Slag, whoever Trident is, there are st it was either him or Snarl where, like, parts of its instructions seems like they forgot to change parts of the CAD model before they printed the line art version of it for the instruction thing or something. Like, just the instructions don't make sense at one point. And then for Grimlock, Grimlock has, like, this really weird system where instead of just, like, a slider that makes his thighs go into his lower legs, they're on an internal double hinge. And the way the instructions communicate that is with no words, just a weird cutaway picture of his legs that makes it look like you're supposed to open his legs up, but you can't open them. It's very confusing. And, um, Swoop's Missiles, uh, this is not mentioned in the instructions at all, and it's really easy to just not notice that this, that this is even a thing, but his missiles have fold-out blades on them that look like they are supposed to launch the missiles. So I kept, they look like separate pieces, so I was like, are these spring-loaded? And then I pulled on them and swords came out, and I was like, huh. That's interesting. So, uh, yeah, good set of toys. I like them. TJ, uh, looking forward to your review. Um, sure. Once, once you get a hold of these, like, I know, you know, it's not like a lot of people make Dinobots, so... Oh, no, you, you never see them. Yeah. Um, and that's my on-topic what I got this week. Yes, that is my on-topic what I got this week. I was trying to think of any, anything else, but... Uh, no. All I got left is talking about how interesting it is to actually look at the War Within Dinobot vehicle modes, because I keep forgetting they had those. And, like, man, they're weird. Like, Brontosaurus Man turns into just a big tank, but it's like a big long tank with, like, a long neck-like cannon on the back. So weird. Um, Going off topic, TJ, did you get any off topic stuff? Uh, I got a few things, yes. All right. Uh, so I guess the most recent to get out of the way is I picked up Pokemon Moon. Oh, yeah, people were excited about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a few people, I've seen it around. Did you, uh, did you get the, the right starter animal? I heard that there were problems. There were problems? Well, that it's like... What the, was it? People were picking the wrong one. It's something like there's a, se a, a small sense of randomization as to what gender your starting animal is. Which affects okay. something that I don't understand because I don't play enough Pokemon because it's not it's not G one. Mm hmm. Sounds like you're satisfied though. Sounds like you got the starter you wanted. Oh yeah, uh, it's just yeah, it's this little adorable little owl, which is. Oh, you mean you didn't go with Poplio? No, no. Well, hmm. Something wrong with that? I mean, we all make mistakes. And we can't be held accountable for simple, innocent mistakes. Look, I have reasons. I have to pick an owl, and if I don't pick the owl, I would have died. Yeah, but... But Poplio. <sighs> I will say this. It's seven games in. I'm finally starting to get a few features that I've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of weird to say. Uh, a lot of the game has been cleaned up. A lot of the things have been changed to eliminate, uh, like, tediousness, like grinding. That's good. Uh, 
the the point of the game is to change up how everything works. So for like uh, there's there are no badges, there are no gym leaders. As far as I can tell, there's no elite four. I haven't gone that far, but <laughs> so at the end of the game, they're like the very end out of nowhere. It's like aha, the elite one is here to <laughs> fight you with his four different teams of Pokemon. An idea he thought up all by himself. <laughs> Complete all the challenges, get to the final area, and... Oh, it's Billy. Who's Billy? S- some guy. Oh. I... No, but... The whole idea is you get challenges rather than gyms now. So, okay. yeah, it's not just go... You know, just go here, beat this one tough trainer, and leave. It's a task you have to complete that's challenging in its own way. So you get different ones of them, so there's some more variety to the gameplay. The Pokemon spread right now is insane. Well, there's a lot of them now, right? Well, there's a lot of them, yeah. But there's also... There's also... It's also weird when you start getting older Pokemon in, like, the first... Like, the first road you're walking on. That, like, I'm used to waiting, like, half the game to find. So like the whole point of the game is to mess up your expectations for what a Pokemon game is. I mean, it's it's still made by the same folks, so I can only imagine that like any opportunity to be allowed to break away from the norm would be so refreshing. Yeah. Well, you got to think of it, six generations of games so far and it's the same formula. Yeah, you know, pick a Pokemon, you've got eight gyms, beat the eight gyms, go to Elite 4, become the champion. Six game series in a row. Plus all the remakes. So now go, uh, we're not doing that anymore. Which is a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it, it's, like I said, it's weird to go, this is the kind of gameplay I've been waiting for in the Pokemon game seven games in. Well, and, and having some of the G, the proper G1s there at the start of the game is also rolling out the welcome mat to true fans like me. Oh, yeah. It also helps that even some of the old ones have redesigns now. Well, I saw a little bit of footage, and it looks like, you know, there's actual animation and stuff. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> yes. They've worked on that. It's not just one sprite that bounces up and down anymore. All right, because, you know, playing Mongo on my iPhone <laughs> had me worried, because I was like, this still looks the same. <laughs> no, no, it's changed up. That's the other thing is like exploring the world map feels like an actual game exploring like an RPG world where yeah. it doesn't feel like everything is made. It doesn't feel like everything is structured on like graph paper anymore. Man, it's but it felt like that up until this game. It kind of did. They do a few things to change that up here and there. But for the most part, it's a very structured layout for just navigating the world. That, that makes me even happier to hear about this, because I can only imagine that, like, it, it must have been suffocating to work on that many generations of a game where you couldn't really shake the boat all that hard. Okay, well, to be fair, yeah. To be fair, it survived on the collecting aspect of it. Oh, you got a hundred new monsters to go collect, so you go through it and you go collecting. Us as toy collectors, we kind of know this routine. Or even if you'd laid hands on 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 Pokemon Go, where like that is kind of the only reason to play the game for the most part. Like, if you don't live in the right place, you don't get to participate in the other part of the gameplay. Right. 
been a, it's been extremely refreshing so far. Ah, that's cool. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're able to get a copy. I heard. I heard. Actually, you know what? I didn't hear there were lineups. I saw someone talking about lining up for something else, and I misremembered it as as Pokemon. <laughs> I actually don't know if it was hard to get this game or not. Oh, digital copy. Oh, right. Okay. D- well, digital co- <laughs> digital copy and preloading, so I did. So the store wasn't like crashing at midnight. I guess GameStop just hates you then. Yeah. <laughs> GameStop. Let's be fair. GameStop hates everybody. They do. Um, you know, some good people work there, but mm-hmm. uh, they They'd still try to sell me a warranty for a game that won't break. Well, hey, did you pre-order that game? Uh, by pre-order, I bought it like four hours before it came out. Oh well. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope so, too. But you should pre-order next time so that you know you get it. Otherwise, you're going to be left out in the cold. They might run out of digital copies. <laughs> I hate that argument. I hate that. I... Yeah, it's just, it's stupid. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's even dumber? When a company does something, not necessarily for games, just when a company has a digital thing, and they do have it set up so they can run out of digital copies. I don't... Why? So you can, so your buyers feel excited about getting it and feel good that they have it and someone else doesn't is what I assume the reason to be. Uh, yeah, forced scarcity is, as time goes on, it, it never looks any better. It only looks more transparent. Yeah, people, yeah, well, Nintendo's under fire for that right now. Oh, yeah, what they made like 10 NES classics, right? Yeah, something like that. I actually saw a much better explanation for why they were underproduced than anything else. What was it? That if they were to produce enough to meet demand, which was higher than expected in the first place, you would have to get a factory up to speed or many factories up to speed to make a single item Mm. that only has, like, you know that's all you're going to sell. So unless they were ready for a NES Classic 2 with another set of games, you're going to get a factory up to speed to build a specific thing, a whole lot of, which in the electronics industry is a pain in the butt, and then be topped off on how many you're going to sell. So either you have to make a whole lot more that sits around forever, like what happened with the GameCube, or you make Mm. fewer of them, but just let it be a consistent build to market. So uh, what I thought you were going to say was going to be something even more insidious, like, well, if all the kids can get them now, none of them will want them for Christmas. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, also, the one that I really liked is they're they're not putting them out in order to get to drive the price up. And it's like, well, the ones that are more they, expensive, yeah, they don't they don't get are being sold money. by other people. <laughs> Nintendo's not yeah. the one doing that, so that's actually worse. Because also, I saw some of the aftermarket, you know, the day one prices on that thing, and I was like, because I know a couple folks in Toronto who got them, and I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder what I would do if I had the chance to get one for 60 bucks. Like, would it be irresponsible to just put it on eBay? It's yours at that point. You do with it whatever you want. Because, man, yeah. some, of, some of those eBay prices were, were, were numerous. <laughs> Uh, heinous was the word I used. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that thing does look cool. I'm, uh, I, I, I was what I was gonna say is I was I was wondering if there are any parallels one could draw between this, you know, this physical item launch and 
the, I guess you could call rocky opening months of Amiibo production. Like, is this maybe just Nintendo as a company tend to prefer the approach of like, let's just make this many in case this all goes wrong? Yeah, I think they prefer to just go light and figure out what the real market's going to be because they were, I mean, they seriously were burnt with with GameCubes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nintendo in general claimed that the Amiibo production was based on how much Wii U accessories had sold, so they based it on those numbers, not realizing Mm -hmm. there's an entire toy collector market that would be interested in those little things, too. And since they so they've never handled like toy production of any kind at of any kind, so to them, yeah, it's completely uncharted waters. They had no idea what they were getting into. This this seems more intentional. Hmm. And and with with the NES Classic, just ask you guys again while we're on the topic. It, it interests me. I think it looks it looks neat. And I was I was a little I wasn't surprised, but I was like I would probably have called the other side of the coin when it was clear that it's like. There is no expandability. If there is ever going to be more games sold this way, it'll just be in another little NES box. Uh, yeah. Were you guys... Where do you feel that that fell for you? Like, I, I was really thinking. I was like, you know, I feel like they would... That there's a decent chance they might, you know, gimmick up a cartridge slot and sell little boxes to stick into the thing down the road. For For a $60 price point, I think if they do come up with a second set, I believe that they would probably just sell another one of these. It would either yeah. be another one in a different color or it'd be the top right. loader model. And okay, here's the other thing. So if they do another color or the top loader, here's my demand. Tell me if I'm crazy. Because crazy. of this. Because of what I'm going to say, not for uh, whatever uh, other right. reason. I think it would be a negative if there was not some way to physically dock the two NESs together so that they would clip together. I think if you're going to sell tiny NESs as, like, different volumes of the classic, then they should be able to physically dock so that I can eventually yeah. have a Jenga yeah. tower of connected NESs. That gets messy. Just a little, give me a little clips. I just want If I have two of them, if I have number one and number two, I want to be able to put them together and have that, that switch noise, the little... Sh- you know, like that, that really nice noise from the Switch promo video. Now, see, so if you have, like, the Famicom version of this and you attach the disk drive underneath, then you get to have that. Oh, man. Well, the top loader, though. What if they make it so it's like you can top load the original NES Classic into the top loader NES Classic? Yeah, it didn't have to be a lot bigger. Well, I mean, I don't know. That'd be the size of an wrong. actual NES top loader. Well, they, that can be the gimmick for the new ones. Like, hey, this one's one-to-one scale, and since the NES Classic was smaller than a cartridge, guess what? You can just jam it in the top of the top loader. <laughs> still only 30 games. It's still only 30 games, but whatever. <laughs> now, I was happy that within a day, someone had cracked that thing open, and they started figuring out the hardware end of it. Like, I, I don't know. That, I, I, I like the way people tend to very quickly do that with new technology um are either of you guys thinking of getting an nes classic when it is normal to get one and not the current state to get one i do i'd I'd like it for nostalgia but a whole lot of those games i already have like with eShop style thing uh e-stop methods yeah um 
I don't. I never really went in too big on the eShop, so a lot of these games, I, I wouldn't mind having in just like the old school like box controller and play them the way I used to. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kick of it is that you play it the way you used to because you know there's other you know there's other ways you get it on the e system you play with your uh, Wii U controller or the Wii mote and it plays kinda but it's just not the same. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the main question is, like, it sounds like with both of you guys, it's going to be, like, if you see one in a store, you might pick it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of feeling the same way. Like, if I saw one just sitting on a shelf and it wasn't work to get it and it wasn't marked up or anything, hey, yo, if it was even on sale, I might be like, you know, I don't have a reason not to. I like Mega Man. That game's in there somewhere, right? Mega Man 2? Mega Man 2. Yeah. That's a reason to get that. Um, I, was, I was happy they went straight to the sequel and not the original one no one cares about. Yeah, they went to the good one. They they skipped over the weird, screwed up, funny looking one with all the weird stuff like that dumb platform gun. They went to the nice rounded one. Uh, Anything else off topic on your end, TJ? <laughs> yeah, a few things. All right. Things I actually own. Um, I, I went in on a box of Shoto Kamen Rider. Which one? Um, the stronger and black wave. Okay, that's the one I have. It it's hard to find the other waves. Like it's it didn't used to be. Yeah, what the I, hell? I like, feel like it's motion revive all over again. Like it's like the wave one and two have been sitting around the internet until I got wave three and went, huh? I should go back and get wave one and two. And now they're all stupid expensive everywhere. Uh huh. Like, what the hell? And then Wave 4 sold out the pre-order in HLJ, and I'm like, what the- <laughs> what's going on? Like, I just pre-ordered Wave 5 sight unseen, because I'm like, I don't even know, but apparently everyone got into this when I did. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you feel about them? Do you feel like it's something you'd want to pursue? If the right characters are released. Okay. Because well, for, for me, this is, it's, it's stronger, and it's a little stronger I can keep on my desk, so instantly I'm interested. Well, and like and like build quality wise, like that's the thing that I was really impressed by with those figures. Like they feel like good four inch action figures. They do, uh, which is not something I tend to say about candy toys. Usually, it's more like this candy toy almost feels like a good real one, but it's a candy <laughs> toy. So you know, I give it some slack. These ones are candy toys that feel like good real toys. So I feel like I'm actually getting a good deal on them. Yeah. It almost feels like a real toy. I mean, I would I would say they are like the only part of those figures where I see the candy toy chintz is on um, Hundred Eye Titan, the variant Titan, mm-hmm. where like the back half of his head doesn't have any paint apps, but the eyes are still sculpted on there. But then I was like, is that just something from the suit design, or is this because of the toy? Well, I'll t- I'll I'll tell you. Take a look at uh, Black and realize how. Like the paint around his wrist cuffs and ankle cuffs don't go all the way. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. So it's 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 definitely like a candy toy cheap out. No, also, just... I uh, I didn't try any of the candy. I uh, decided not to. Disappointed. They, ch- they changed the shape on candy me. I don't toy trust it anymore. Used to have candy. They're like clover shaped hard candies now. They're not fun well, and chewable. They've got those little like 
they've, they've got those little lines like a pill you break in half, and the idea is you got these four little heart-shaped candies. <laughs> Which basically means candy got more expensive, so here's a little gimmick to... <laughs> yeah, to make them fun again. Yeah. So you don't notice that there's actually like 20% less candy. Uh, the other the other dumb story I have about that wave of Shoto, aside from it introducing it to me, is I didn't know there were variant figures until I read it online. Yeah. And I had almost gone to sell my extras. I, I did the same. You, you, know, you know what? I did the same thing with like those little chibi ones they're doing right now. Yeah. Like I didn't know that there was like an Agito Trinity until, until I like looked it up to see what the price is going for. Oh, oh, oh great. Now I got to open up all of them. Well, I'm at the point where I'm kind of like... Should I not just open all of them? And, like, does anyone care if I do that when I sell the dupes? Because mm-hmm. if I open all of them, I mean, A, I can cherry pick if I have any parts I want to I want to have, like, the best ones of and whatever, I guess. But that, that might be a reason to not open them up. But yeah. if I open them, I can pull all the candy out and then put all the candy into one box and have a secret fun candy box for somebody. And never eat it. Yeah. No, uh, no. Uh, this is what struck me strange about the variants. Um, now, was your assortment the same as mine with three with three black, three shadow moon? Yes. Okay. As far as I can tell, that's everyone's assortment. Yeah. Uh, my research corroborates that. Which so I was gonna I was gonna ask you if you looked at the uh, character list for volume four. Uh, as far as I can t- tell, it's like classic writers, right? Well, it's and, like uh, the originals. and Black RX. Oh, Black uh, it's Black there. RX, then uh, new versions of like another color variant of Rider One and Two, but then it's the Shocker Riders, and each Shocker Rider, uh, there are two different Shocker Rider boxes that each come with half of the scarves. Oh wow! <laughs> so if it's a box of ten, what if it is the four non-Shocker Rider characters and then six Shocker Riders, amidst whom there are enough scarves to have all six actual Shocker Riders? That's what I'm expecting that layout wow. to be, given like, the layout of the Volume 3. No, it struck me weird, because that meant there were only two Stronger in there, and one of them is the Variant, which means the normal Stronger is just as common as the unannounced Variant Stronger. Same same thing with Titan. Uh, you, is, get, you get one of each for all four, technically. Yeah, which I don't know what Variant you would do out of Shadow Moon and Black, but that still seems so strange to me. I, I Yeah, I think that the that case assortment is banking on the just the sheer popularity of of black and shadow moon oh absolutely where it's like you know if someone is only going to buy two of these figures it's going to be these two so we'll just front load that and then all the weirdo retro people will just have all their cherry pickings in the back weird retro people that's the only reason i bought the wave i know it's, well, 100 it's eye like, titan is kind of the reason why i bought the wave because i'm like you know titan is cool yeah, like, I, it shocked me that Titan even has a toy. They, they did both as well. Yeah. The, the only problem I have with that Titan figure is... All right, this is just me. I think he should have had a waist joint. Uh, I think it kind of sucks that his torso is just one giant block that the limbs attach to. That's the candy toy cheapening for me. <laughs> Unless he isn't? Hmm? Like, he's just one block, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's... I think it sucks. I think he I think he should have had a waist joint. 
because it, it has robbed me of at least exactly one pose I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in this line, he feels like the budget figure. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's literally, all his paint is literally one gun and one eye. Well, I mean, the hundred eye variant, they painted all the front eyes. Which kind of surprised me. Oh, no, so it's, it's still a fun little series. Yeah. Well, I heard a rumor about who's in Volume 5. That's why I went to pre-order it, and I forgot all of it now. I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> please, please, dude. Should I jump on something? I mean, you should just pre-order it anyway, because, like, it'll, it's going to end up being... Listen, Shoto Rider has now hit the point where it's like, if I decide to not pre-order it, I'm just going to be upset because it'll end up being cool. Uh, okay, Shoto Rider VS5 apparently has Sky Rider. And then a bunch of Kabuto guys, including Troopers and Grillis Whatsits. Because it's the 10th anniversary of Kabuto. Oh. Hmm. Uh, oh, here's the here's the actual link. Okay. Let's see. What's the character? Yeah, it's going to come with... Uh, all right. Uh, it's going to be Kabuto. It's going to be Grillis Worm, which was the la the end boss worm that, you know, Glasses Guy turned into. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be uh, Zek Trooper A, Zek Trooper B, Sky Rider, and then two secrets. Yo, I bet one of the secrets is Dark Kabuto. How would you? How? How, and how yo, would you I, know? I bet the other secret is like Neo Zek Trooper or Zek Trooper. No, no, you know what? It's probably Zek Trooper Shadow. Probably. <laughs> yo, we added a stripe. Uh, so that's apparently the character layout for uh, for Volume 5. Man, poseable Gorilla's Worm. No, let me let me dial that back. Man, poseable toy of a Kabuto worm. At all. Like, they have never done a poseable figure of any of the Kabuto monsters, have they? Not that I can remember outside of just, like, the vinyls for your your generic worm. Yeah, like a friggin' poseable figure, and it's the one that that, uh, that lawyer man's manservant from Yuki turns into. You know, one of his many roles across the mythos. Ah, oh, man. All right. I'm psyched for this wave now. I didn't click this link before. I didn't know there was a full lineup. Anyway. Hey, anything else on your end? <laughs> you mean without diverging to something that neither of us owns? That's right. Uh, I can get Aaron back into this because I dipped into two uh, not Lego producers that I've never dipped into before. Aaron's a big fan of those not mm -hmm. Lego producers. Uh, so the good experience was uh, my first Mega Block Kubro, which is a little okay. box oh, yeah. of like a pop culture character made out of little bricks. It's the the pop vinyl cash in. Yeah, basically. What licenses do we have? <laughs> so yeah, I've got a little vintage blocky Skeletor now. I think that's the one I bought that I still haven't built. <laughs> now it's a fun little figure. Like, it's about what you expect. The arms go up and down, the head turns, and that's basically it. Yeah. But it's a not it's not a bad little facsimile for being made of square blocks. And hey, mega blocks don't feel that bad. No, they don't. They're a they're a proudly yeah. Canadian made product made in Canada, last I checked. No, so yeah, it it feels pretty good. It's a reasonable facsimile. I like the little tricks they did to give him like some kind of eyebrow ridge. So he always has a kind of skeleton scowl going on. Yeah. 
but the way they did his eyes, they did his eyes in like multiple pieces. So when you actually like get the eye assembled and get it in there, uh, it rotates. So like what you see on the box and the eye has that matching little slant. So he has that kind of evil eyed look, that evil eye glare to him. That little like half circle of black can be rotated around to give him different expressions. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, it's a really clever little trick. Man, I got to build mine. Yeah, so if you want disappointed Skeletor, that's pretty easy to do. That's basically my goal. No, that felt really good. I might pick up a few more of those. Uh, the disappointment was a company called OYO Sports. Oh, I got sent a review copy of their their um, two of their hockey players and their Zamboni. Didn't like them that much. You? Yeah. Yeah. I also got in trouble because I didn't know how to pronounce a hockey player's name. I think I called him PK Subbin. And then people were like, <laughs> never try hockey player names. That's that's Subban. And I'm never like, listen, can. I know everything about hockey. OK, it's subbing. <laughs> I was disappointed by the fit of the accessories on the minifigures. Yeah, like the the set I got because, hey, hey, the one sports team I care about won the World Series. I, so like, I want a piece of that. And hey, OK, for starters, the stuff they make is ridiculous. Like, if I wanted my Cubs World Series championship spatula, I could have had that. Why didn't you get that? It probably would have been built better. <laughs> yeah, and it's a spatula. I like mean, you can it's... use a spatula. Well, that's the thing. It's like, part of me was really happy they were prepared for dorks like me that don't go in for your regular sports gear. I, like, I'm never paying out for a jersey with a player's name on it, but a little piece of fake Lego okay i'm in yeah so i'm glad they're ready for me i wish the company was better yeah i don't i don't know where they get their stuff made but like they spent a lot of money on that license i'm assuming oh i i'm I'm, yeah we will i'll spell that out for you here in a bit so i got the little cubs clubhouse which is basically a locker a bench a podium a little generic minifigure with the world championship logo on them and like the press screen in the background yeah. So it's basically just like a dinky little playset of, uh, you know, that you could pretend like your little cubs are at. One cub, because it's only one locker. So the way they present these, like, there's some cleverness to it. Because I found out uh, the way this set works is it just comes with an epic load of stickers, so you can customize it however you want. All right. Like, if you want the press screen to look like like a scoreboard, you can do that. You know, you can choose which like team logo you put on top of the locker. Comes with like numbers, so you can like mark a locker for a particular player. So they think of all that. I found out uh, if you get the generic one that's meant to be any team, it comes with like over a hundred stickers. Do the stickers actually stick to the plastic? Uh, They do. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. like, that's not an issue. Uh, what is, is an issue is the the parts are just, they don't feel good at all. No, I mean, like, the, the bricks felt, on, on the Zamboni, bricks felt okay in the sense that the Zamboni didn't fall apart. Yeah. But the little hockey player skates and the sticks and everything 
was a mess, if I remember correctly. Like, the V-Build's up there. Like, I, I just don't feel like watching my own V-Builds. Mm -hmm. No, for me, I had one arm on my little me guy that was super tight, and the other one that was super loose. Yeah. Which is exactly what you want when he's got sports accessories to hold. Yeah, or he's on friggin' skates. Little Lego <laughs> skates. I also found out, like, the way they do these is they're almost built like a le like an actual Lego man, but the arm piece on the torso ends at, like, the sleeve. Yeah. And then you get this elbow piece. So he has like an elbow swivel. And then you connect the hand on. Yeah, which hypothetically means he should be able to do some wind up poses. Hypothetically, it should allow you to do poses. Like I saw one package where apparently you can hold a bat with both hands if you get it right. Oh, they, oh there were photos on the hockey ones that looked real cool. Actually, getting the figure to do it was a different story. Oh, yeah. Uh, I cracked the plastic on mine trying to do that. Yeah. Like, yo, your CAD models of your Lego guys certainly look good, is the mm -hmm. way I felt afterwards. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the fun part. Uh, in my little clubhouse, I got a little coupon that said, well, you, you get a free minifigure of whatever player, character, whatever you want. Just one one free minifigure. Okay, I'll cash that in. So this means I get to look at how much. So if I want my favorite player from the Cubs this year, uh, you want to take a wild shot at what one fake Lego minifigure guy costs? Fifty dollars. <laughs> You'd for think sports that. license things. It's uh -huh. probably not. I'd I'd say like forty five. If they just won the World Series, I'm gonna say fifty dollars. <laughs> no, it's it, it's fifteen bucks for a minifigure. That's still too much for an Oyo minifigure. Yeah, mm -hmm. and aside from, like, way lower quality plastic than Lego, it doesn't come with any more than a standard Lego figure. Yeah. No, there's no extra paint, there's no extra printing, there's no extra accessories. It's about what you'd get out of a blind bag. No, seeing Oyo expand over the last year and appear in more places to buy things filled me with a, a particular little sense of dread. Because I was like, these aren't well made. These are no. like stack down. Oh god, yeah. That's what they feel like. Eh. So that was my good brick and my bad brick experience. <laughs> yeah, the moment you said when you were saying bad brick, I was in my head going like, alright, it's either stack down or oh yo. I can't think of anyone else right now that he could possibly <laughs> have gotten without like buying secondhand whoever the hell it was that had the the, the what the Terminator license or whatever, the Stargate license. You know the one I'm thinking of. Are they called like Good Brick or something? I, I can't no, remember. No, I I'm refu I, I think I remember, but I'm refusing to go into it because that's the third thing we both don't own. Yeah. Let's talk more about things we don't know. Well, first, <laughs> sir, is there anything else uh, that you actually uh, own? One last thing, and I will, I, I will send visual representation for this because I've been researching a few particular lines out of China. Yes, and uh, cannot figure out what the names of them are. Like I've All been, right. like, I just bought up an entire series of figure of, of toys out of China. I don't know what the toy line is called. Show me the pictures. There is a small chance I might be able to help. Okay. Um. I'll show I'll show you the it's actually like a like a five second video because this requires like visual of how this thing works. All right, I can do that. Uh, I can click on these things. I think I saw this video when you posted this. 
Also, my internet's running so slow, it's not showing up as a video. It's just showing up as a still image of a green thing. But no, I remember I saw this. <laughs> hey, I'm when just you... getting an ad instead. I'm, I remember watching this on my phone when you posted this a week ago. This is like you, you threw a thing into it and the thing flipped over and transformed into something, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have no idea what that yeah, is. Yeah, it just mantis. Does, yeah, yeah, it does this massive backflip into a robot mantis. Uh, closest I could find is burst speed. Like, that's the one phrase that kept coming up every time I tried to translate it. Yeah. So that's what I'm going by. So I I got three of them that do that. And for the listener at home that who is completely lost right now, it's it's these uh, spring-loaded vehicles. That What you're supposed to do is, like, I, I dramatized it for the sake of uh, being a video. But the idea is you put a little disc on the ground, you roll the vehicle at the disc... It's magnetic, so the magnet pulls the disc into the front of the vehicle. It hits the clip that undoes all the spring transformation. The whole vehicle, in this case, is like a missile tank or a missile truck, backflips, and by the time it lands, everything has been flipped out into whatever creature it is. And I'm frame by framing through this. It actually does a a 360-degree backflip, Mm -hmm. which uh, I was going to ask you if it does that reliably. Uh, I've done it like, I've done it like a dozen times now. It's never missed. It's okay. The magnet thing, that's gotta be it. Like that, the weight distribution with the extra thing stuck on the bottom, like that. Oh, that and the, like that and the flip lever on the bottom has this crazy strong spring in it. Like there's no way this would be legal in the U S to make. Well, this is the thing. That's the thing though. It's like, even with it being super strong, my, my thought would be like, well, then it might sometimes go like past 360 degrees. But if it's like landing on its feet every time, that's got to be some kind of clever weight distribution. Uh, either my, way, it's friggin' cool. Yeah, like I, I like really dig it as just this cool little quick transformation toy. Also, it's a truck turning into a robot mantis, which is in and of itself really cool. Yeah, like yeah, I I saw someone do a video of that on Twitter, and I'm like, okay. I I was immediately, like, I had to own this line. I had to get the ones I wanted, and that led me down this this rabbit hole because China loves its magnetic spring-loaded transforming vehicles. There's crazy numbers of them. I mean, I like magnets. Uh, If they happen to be on Transformers, I just like them more. Um, But no, there's other ones I got, which was a a tank that flips into a T-Rex and a ambulance that flips out into a pegasus oh so tank rex and pegas ambulance the two classic characters i'm from, positive uh, from, that's what it translates into yes from from burst speed <laughs> burst speed something or other burst speed something or other featuring tank rex and pegas ambulance and of course their good friend uh trucking mantis Whatever it is, these things have been kind of fascinating to me lately. No, nah, it's really cool. It's a, it, it's like stuff I like about one step changers taken to a slightly extra degree. Yeah, like I was always I was thinking that in the back of my head. It's like if you can make a transformer do this, like I would be so much into activators and the one step changers so much more. I would just man, I would want to run like a hundred transformations in a row and just count how many times it doesn't pull that flip off. I want to know the ratio. Because, like, the fact that it is pulling that backflip off is the thing that's really getting me saying things. Yeah. 
But no, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about grabbing a few more of them when when uh, when I can get around to it. Is that what I look up if I want to look these up? Is burst speed? Um, I maybe. I think I found a few on eBay that way. Burst speed mantis. Let's see what. I I don't think mantis will get it. Well, darn it! I'm gonna go like, to eBay and look up burst speed. <laughs> like like tr- like trust me, I put in so many iterations of all the translations trying to figure out where I even buy these things in the first place. By the way, if you Google for Burst Speed Mantis, there are a whole lot of videos of mantis shrimp punching things. <laughs> Those are cool videos. Those oh, they are, are. Cool. They are cool videos. Uh, anything else on your end off topic? No, that'd be it. All right. Um, Aaron, I, uh, I I bought a video game today because it, it finally went on sale. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it for a stream for the team. Yeah. Uh, the- what are you streaming for the team? The current, uh, the new, the new Hitman game, finally went. F- oh, I have heard very good things. It went fifty percent off for the entire package, and that's kind of what I've been waiting for. So now I've got it locked and loaded for the next time I do a, an extra live stream. We're gonna go in and, and hit some men. Um, but Aaron, any any off-topic stuff on your end? Um, not really. Okay, because I also. I've- I'm looking up burst speed, and I'm just getting hours. I'm getting a whole lot of friggin' magic cards and Beyblades. Oh no, here we go, Aldi. Aldi, it's by Aldi. Okay, I know that name. Sorry, that was. I had a moment. Uh, Aaron, you're doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. What's up with all the work? I, I've had, um. <laughs> A lot of jobs come back to me out of no uh, issue of my own. And so it's a matter of, like, hey, I basically have negative work happen. That sucks. I'd like to have fewer things on my plate. Man. Yeah, well, I, hope, I mean, yeah, frustrating. This podcast is no stranger right now to people getting waylaid with stupid work stuff. So I hope it looks up for you. I I hope so too. Um, also, the names of these toys are ridiculous. Sorry, uh, I found the eBay listing that TJ was talking about, and I don't okay. I don't know how you ordered any of these with any kind of oh, accuracy. You, wait till like hopefully next podcast recording we have. I'll have the one that was really hard to get a hold of. So the names to. Anyway, sorry, Aaron. Uh, any so aside from from terrible terrible work stuff, any any lights at the end of your tunnels for you? Any Star Trek online adventures? Any any extra life conquers? Um, there's Star Trek online. Is the crystalline catastrophe event is still going on? Where it's you do the daily thing and you get a crystal and then you need fourteen crystals and you get a whole bunch of other stuff and some limited time gear thing that I've almost got taken care of for my main and most of my alts and uh, I don't know I've been playing some more Darkest Dungeon How you that's doing a nice in there? little I'll do two runs um, I managed to almost have a TPK um, due to stress actually of all the dumb things where it was a like two encounters back to back where there was very little physical damage but just a bunch of stress and multiple heart attacks, multiple heart attacks, finally get run away, and then three people, or one guy died in the encounter, 
due to a heart attack. And then as it got out, then the additional stress damage from running away, two more people had heart attacks and died. And then I had just the one person get out alive from that, hauling back all the loot and leaving the corpses behind. Man, I, I've had one retreat from a dungeon, but it wasn't during a fight. So I think it was it wasn't as costly. But, yeah, uh, well, so there's uh, there's like stress damage due to running from a fight because you can run from a fight yeah. once you're in the middle of it. I still haven't done that. Yeah, that was yeah, they were not doing the best health wise and two or three of them had picked up abusive traits during like the last two fights. Yep. yep. So someone would miss and then they would get berated and then the other guy would snark back. And then I'm just seeing these stress numbers pop up and it's like, no, get along guys. Come on. And then, yeah, it was basically like, no, no, no. That was, that was my run where I just pulled them out after we finished the fight. Cause we barely finished the Mm -hmm. fight. And I was like, all right, you guys have all picked up collectively about 15 new negative traits and your stress meters are maximized. Let's just call it a day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I do have, I have a couple of like level three guys now and I still have plenty of like the low level adventures to do. And now these guys that were stalwart and trusted and have, I, they got some negative traits, but mostly positive traits and they, they work well together. And now they just go, no, I need a challenge. I was like, no, no, you don't really hit hit level three. I mean. They're like, yeah, they're all big top now. They're like, yeah, it's like, no, dudes, you can go like you just go take care of this thing and it'll be for the best. Really? You you don't know. You you, get the plebeians to do it. Okay, I'll go grab this witch doctor looking guy and throw see what he does. Oh, the antiquarian really sucks because it only has one offensive attack that barely hits for anything. But apparently if you want treasures, they're the one to take with because they'll just randomly find it sometimes. Oh, I haven't even had an antiquarian yet. I'm still rocking all the damage types. Yeah. Trucking my, trucking my way up there. Yeah, I've I've had some good fun with it. It's something that's nice. Like, I just... I want something that's there's some strategy to, but at the same time, it just wraps up and is complete in a short order. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing I kind of liked about diddling with XCOM of you just do like a mission and feel like you've done something and even if it went poorly like it was a thing and now it's taken care of so let's move on from there nah that's what that's what i enjoyed about darkest dungeon as well because like i went in knowing that i should not become attached to just about any of the characters and so it means Mm -hmm. i actually find the game somewhat relaxing um, but uh, so otherwise, that's that's about it on your end. Yeah. No worries. I, I just wanted, just going back to TJ's spring-loaded cars. I need to read you this. Like, I don't understand how you even were able to choose the mantis. <laughs> I'm going to read you the, the list of names here. All sure. Right? Jungle lurker, lethal explosion dragon, diamond ape, Jedi lion, Lipo Yanlong. Giant Abyss, War Supersonic Bat, Storm Falcon, Beyblade Dragon. Now, see, I don't think that's the correct translation. Purgatory Steel Talons, Scorpion King, Armor it's not Mine Dwayne Explosion. Johnson. What's an Armor Mine Explosion? 
Uh, Jade Shilong. I'm guessing that was the Mantis? Actually, Jungle Lurker was the Mantis. What? Okay, well. Also, there are Steel Talons War Bear, Fire Raging Bull, Pegasus Piercing the Sky, and then, of course, Beyblade Dragon 2. <laughs> Which looks the nothing like Beyblade. Yeah, there's two <laughs> Beyblade dragons. They look, and they look nothing alike. Also, some of these look a million times less impressive than the, the Mantis. Oh, oh, I I cherry-picked. Like, I think there's three more out of there that I want. It's the three big tanks Yeah, out of that set. Um, like, the, the nor- they have plenty of that are just, like, normal cars, but they're so boring by comparison. Like, some of them literally just, like, the two... They just splits, like, lengthwise, and they become, like, the wings of a bird. Yeah, yeah. It bums me out because I like the way those cars look. Like, again, again, this was the easy line for me to find. I like the Triceratops-looking thing. Yeah, that's next on my list. Okay. Who is it? I don't know. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you might just need to order a couple. (laughs) And the problem of doing that is you'll still not know which one it was. No, never. You'll, You'll just know it was one of those names. All right. Well, if that's all we got this week. Then this is a place to uh, to put a cap on this episode. So, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back with uh, some more Transformers talk. I mean, Wave Three is out at E Taylor's now, so hopefully we'll uh, start finding it ourselves and get some chatter about that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, and we will uh, convert our way over to some more transformative talk in the future. <laughs>